to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello, welcome to episode 104 of Free Beers and Movie. I'm learning with Colin McKay, Lorraine McKellar, Harvey Neal. And we are where are we calling today? We're in the Raven in Glasgow. It's really noisy, but it's really busy and noisy. Because we didn't book a table as usual, so we're in the middle of the floor, but it's surrounded a, by noise. It's the first time Raven's been busy in about a year, to be fair. Ever, maybe. No, yeah. no, no that's, that's not fair. We're always in very early. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, is it weird? Because we're kind of headed out here by five, so it must just have to five everyone comes in. They, they, they're ah. quiet for our recording. That's yeah, all it is. I much. think it's because most people tend not to be packed up and ready to leave the work bang on five o'clock. Even even myself has to play that game of I'll give it the obligatory five minutes after five o'clock before I go running out the door. No, we need to run out the door. Um, what are you drinking tonight, Colin? Um, oh, I'm drinking Cold Town and Morgan's and Lemonade as well. Ooh, fancy. Because I, I had lunch and I'm really full up, yeah. so I can't take any more beer. You're a small man with a small belly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, what you fine <laughs> a, a classic, <laughs> Barry. She saw me standing <laughs> alone. Also, I'm going to take it. Richard, what are you drinking? I am drinking something called Charlie Don't Surf. Why doesn't Alpha. Charlie Surf? It's oh, dangerous out there, man. There you go. Yeah. Do you know what I've um, shown at Cineworld in August 13th? Charlie Don't Surf? No, um, Pop-Cups now. now. Yeah. The Redux version? Yeah, Redux Editor <laughs> Super Cup. There's a documentary called Charlie Don't Surf as well, it's all about how surfing became big in Vietnam oh, because of yeah. American GIs. Because yeah, yeah. they never actually seen anyone surf until the Vietnam War. They're all, all well, the, I don't know that. Is surfing not originally no. Polynesian? Aye, Polynesian is not anywhere near Vietnam. No, I know, but just originally, yeah. What? Just originally, but just Polynesian. Aye, but Polynesian is not anywhere near Vietnam. No. None of the Vietnam kids have ever seen anyone surf when they saw all the GI surfing. They totally get into it now. Vietnam's a really big surf country. Is there a sea in Vietnam? It's on the fucking coast of. Uh, Water. Is it not? Is it not? <laughs> it's at the Indian Ocean. Is it not landlocked? Indian Ocean. The Indian Ocean's on the other side. It's not the Pacific. 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 Indian. I thought it was landlocked. Nah. The whole point of the Vietnam War was, I might go into this so early, the Vietnam War was when like, um, America basically said that um, the Russian ships had shot through their boats in the yeah. Vietnam Straits. Let's continue. Can I just quickly interject? And I know you're going to edit this right out. Yes. Yesterday I shocked a politician by when they were talking to me, I turned around and said, I have no idea what you are talking about or why these people are protesting. She gave me that look of, what planet are you even from? No, I, I could get, I think there's a protest going on everywhere and I've got, and if it wasn't going to Glasgow right now, I have no idea what it's for. No. People are angry about everything and anything. No. So what are do you doing with a politician like these days? The usual. But, just like, it turns, <laughs> out, it turns out, the people outside were protesting about climate and inside they were talking about climate change and all that and I'm standing there going, Fair enough. Did you, you pick? Oh, did you pick the Scottish Green Party were they not protesting outside Holyrood or something about climate change? Ass. Where was this? Holyrood. Yeah. That's uh, where yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. You could pick ten subjects you were protesting right now. Yeah. And assume you're right. Oh my God! If you become like the show for you go to, it's like fifty quid. Barry will sort everything for you. No. No. You hide the bodies. Get the drugs. No. No. It's not the rule. Is it, is it? I'm, well, a, I'm essentially like the limo driver it, from Die ha- Hard. It has been really, <laughs> it has been really low key. Obscure reference. I like that reference. <laughs> <laughs> That's much better than the, than the world. Um, so, 
since Barry, you're here basically the banter. Have you watched anything of interest this week? No. Not at all. That's good. Lorraine, <laughs> what have you watched of interest? Um, I have not been to the cinema, but I've been hitting up Netflix and BBC iPlayer. Cool. What have you watched of interest? Um, so I decided to finally watch Fleabag. So I've been oh. oh my god. It, it is brilliant. It's it's fucking oh, phenomenal. Okay, right. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it how she just breaks the, uh, the fourth wall oh, all yeah. the time. She just goes. Yeah. And just looks all the time. I look and kill. And yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Fleabag. No, the reason being was because I knew the second season of Killing Eve was coming out, and I'd heard so much about Phoebe Waller Bridge, who'd written the first season of Killing Eve, and so much stuff I read about it. And I was like, Fleabag, Fleabag, Fleabag. So I was kind of like, fuck it, I'll watch it. It's very, very good. Only two seasons long, but that's all it needs. That's why, yeah. because the story was told. Yeah. It's 12 episodes. I watched it on one day, and it's yeah. brilliant. I, I binged it because it was one of the nights I didn't have to work for myself, it to be away. It's so clever, it's so funny, it's so yeah. written, but it's the moments like, when there's no dialogue, the yeah. quiet moments, it's so brutal. Yeah. They work so well. Olivia Coleman and Bill Patterson. They're very good. Yes, they are very, very I do, I, every London socialite have a Scottish daddy? Yeah. Because there's a mass exodus, lots of people. I don't get it, but there's always a Scottish dad who's like sort of what they're all scared of. It's usually played by Bill Patterson. As well, they should, I recommend every family have a Scottish father. Fair enough. If you don't so have a Scottish father, father, get rid of the one that you do have. Get a Scottish one. And find one. Anything else about Fleabag, which is amazing, uh, you should watch it. the second season of Killing Eve. Is it any good? Um, yes, but it's not written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge this time. Right, okay. Is I that did, noticeable? Uh, I did wonder. I mean, there was still funny, you know, the yeah, humour to it, but then I did wonder a little bit, and then I think I think I did enjoy the first season more, but I don't think it's necessarily to do with the writing. I think it's a shift in the dynamic of uh, the story. Performance makes it more around? Yeah, I think it gives a, a good kind of... What's that about? Still, well, so the bombings in Oklahoma City in 1995, I want to say. Um, maybe 97, actually bad, I just yeah. watched it, I can't remember, but... Um, well, Clinton was Prime Minister, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and it kind of relates back to the issues that he had at Waco. Right. And context of the man who McVeigh was, which sometimes quite a dangerous thing to do, because something you do that too much, you almost bring him yeah. 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 But I still feel like that man, even after watching that, it's still like an enigma. Oh no, he's still enigma to who he is. Because but. I think the story focuses heavily on how previous experiences with domestic like, terrorism, like Ruby Ridge and Waco, Because he was a man, but 
So this one's about, this court goes on to chat rooms on the dark web. The NYPD court. Yeah. How do you go to the dark web? How do you go on? Who knows? Do you get a tour? Yeah. Um, and he starts chatting with people about, this is just a normal fetish website. Fetish websites. And he starts chatting with people about how he wants to abduct people and eat them. Women, and, and he wants to abduct them and eat them. Okay. Um, his wife gets wind of this reports that he loses his job, gets arrested, and takes the trial for it. Okay. He never done anything, but these chats imply that he wants to do it. Okay. So the whole thing well, was. It's been on it before. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Well, and I don't want to give too much away, but you need to watch the actual documentary. There is some steps that he took. If he takes steps beyond just chatting about the chat room, but no, but he doesn't. That's the thing, is it's all just chats. But um, but you at first I was, when I was watching it all like, up to about the, almost the last 10 minutes I was like yeah I mean it's just what's he done and by the last 10 minutes it was like they were waiting on a high court ruling okay. to whether he was, he was going to win an appeal or not and by that point I was, was dreading the fact that if he wins an appeal he's going to get away with it and I, I was getting angry about it so I totally turned around and I was like he needs to go to fucking prison for, okay. for this I mean, it's really weird it's not a bad documentary but at the same time I think the What's he done? But then when you're watching, you're like, fucking, you're dead wrong, do you know what I mean? His thing is, I'm letting off steam. What's he talking about? I'm letting off steam. I just don't get fucking drunk or I'm going to find something. I don't go online and make up a massive fantasy about eating your fucking torture and rubbing. No, it wasn't just eating them, it was torture and raping them and kidnapping. And it was women eating you. Yeah. I mean, I have to talk about it, I was probably too much on it now, but. It seems, a dang- it seems a very dangerous 
point and yes. society if you start yeah. video based on what they're thinking yes. not actually doing what they're playing they're, they're playing out that act in a video game essentially yeah. a which yeah. comes up quite a lot in the court case doesn't it it's like at what point does it become a crime because yes. all you've got is transcripts you're chatting here do you know uh-huh. what I mean so that does come up and but it does question where does this go do you yeah. know what I mean like, did, did, Where does it stop? So Thought Prince, where's it on? Is it Netflix, Amazon? Uh, Sky. Oh, Sky. Sky documentary. Oh, is it an Atlantic thing? Or is it yeah, I believe it. Like, it's Atlantic. Really, really good, though. Really good. Um, okay. it's, it's interesting seeing you. It totally, I turned the corner. Do you know what I mean? Last okay. minute, I was like, oh no, wait a minute. Fucking, he's a bastard. But, mm. I don't know. Weird one. Oklahoma City's alright. I can't think of what's happening with Walter Because it's getting split now into such finite little pockets that you're struggling to keep up with it all now, to the point where you're just like, I genuinely just give up now. Don't, I don't care what you are. Because it doesn't change a thing. Yeah, it doesn't really. No. Um, you're going to get treated shitty by shitty people, and you're going to get treated decent by decent people, yeah. and that's just life. Yeah. You know. Watch what was in it? Well, I watched what was in the shadows, which the I knew. Yeah, you, you finished it? Finished it. Finished it as well. Um, How good was the Aussie one? Out that was that was a good one. Yeah. Um, no, overall, the, the whole series was good. It had really, really good moments that were straight from the movie. Do yes. you know what I mean? Um, now and again, it kind of meanders, but it is about 10 episodes. It's 10 10 episodes. episodes. There's, there's more content to fill, so there's all maybe a little bit of filler, but yeah. when it's the tone hits right, it's bang on the TV aye, show. Aye, really, really, really funny bits. Some big names in it as well. Yeah, some big names. Danny Trail was in there. Wesley Snipes is in it. Yeah, fucking Tilda Swinton. That was really funny. We done. What else did we watch? That old film. Lady in the Window. Woman in the Window. 1940s. Yeah. Fritz Lang directed it. Yeah. Edward G. Robinson. Wow, I don't think. See his face, right? I've never seen really seen the actor in them, but see his face, I felt like his face was the face of black and white films for me. See, when I was a kid, it's probably because, like, I had a great auntie, and if you were, you know, like, you saw after on TV, there'd always be a black and white film. 
fucking home. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, he's the only he's just very much. think of after Sebastian's stand. Yeah. He's just back then's equivalent of our Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see where you go with that, Barry. <laughs> It's just every episode we need to reference Dwayne Johnson at some point. I'll reference him in a minute. I'll reference him in a minute. That was good. It's just a good old film noir, isn't it? And also, Fitz Lang knows what he's doing. The guy done the job. I like a bit of film noir. And there's a whole. That was obviously before we realised there was DNA. And you're looking for the film When you watch it, you go, if this has happened now, the technology would fix that in like two minutes. Aye, but back then it was like, you know, a phone You know, no one's got a mobile phone, right? So they're all for. Uh, back then it was months of investigation, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, it kind of leaves it out very well as a kind of, you know, murder, mystery, and shit. It doesn't matter. Alright, DNA, but it doesn't matter that they're saying it because you always think of like, I don't know about you, but I think sometimes maybe they're a bit. You always think of people in the past with a bit dumber, right? Or maybe they didn't grasp things as well. But see the amount of evidence. This is all a thing where he has to go and look at all the evidence, right? And it's all the same exact same fucking evidence. And you're like, DNA. DNA actually takes weeks to fucking process. You know the evidence that they had was enough. Cigarette butts and shit like that. I reckon he did it. I'm like, it's cool shit like, no, tie a pinch, say, go shoe size, he walked this way because that's what souls were. It's just like, that's and we watch the burps. Oh, I love the burps. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's one of my favourite films of all time. How good is it? Yes. Oh, it's so fucking good. Bruce Dern should have got an Oscar for this. I spent a lot of time going, he's dead, he's dead. Yeah. Some of the cast are dead. Holds up stupidly well. Oh, the burps are not mentioned. Yeah. It continues to be very, very funny. Very relevant. It almost seems it's still relevant. Oh, no, I totally know. It's almost a burp being crazy. Just Hank's been pulling Hank's, Hank's and brilliant. Hank's last comedy? Possibly one in a minute, yeah. He just goes full kill well, Hank's and points in. Uh, with the, the scene where he picks up the, the gurney and throws it in. Uh-huh. He improvised that. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, so yeah. It's so called Hank's. Yeah, he's just brilliant. So we watched that as well. One more thing I watched just Dwayne Johnson and Rock in a Hard Place, which is a documentary in Sky about a boot camp for fat people no kids <laughs> I was almost wearing a blue moon there <laughs> and Lorraine's struggling to finish that drink ok fat but kids no but it's ok no one's talking about fat kids and no. bad boys not fucking but, but in America they do have camps for fat kids right this is not for fucking fat kids I know this is for armed robbers all right. are thinly challenged criminals <laughs> kids are fucking <laughs> right Kids, armed robberies, kids like oh, that, they're, they're, they're facing 20 years in prison. Is he's eating a full Yorkie? <laughs> right, continue, Paul. Sorry. So, yeah, it's a boot camp for kids that have basically been sentenced to custodial right, okay. years in prison. No, um, he comes out at two minutes to say, This is a program we made, comes out then to say, This is a program we made, and that's it. So these kids go through six months of boot camp, um, 
if they pass, they don't get 20 years in prison, they get let back into the community. Right. If they get kicked out, they basically serve out their sentences in jail. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard of this kind of thing before. Yeah, yeah. so it's pretty, pretty fucking hardcore. Um, okay. But yeah, The Rock's in it for four minutes. His <laughs> name's on it. That, that's pretty much The Rock's He's involved. in it as much time as he was in that wrestling movie about Paige. <laughs> kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in it uh, enough to sell it. That's it, yeah. Everybody's seen a trailer is what he's in. His, his company produced it, that's, that's why it's called. Rock's called, a busy man, isn't he? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's done a lot. When, he, when he's talking religiously about doing continuous 15 day, 15 hour days, yeah. continuously, yeah. you're like, you're a unit, man. Yeah. yeah. And then he's still working out and sleeping and travelling all within those remaining hours. I think three years' time he's dead and we find out that he was a secret speed addict. No, it's okay. I, was, I, think I could live with that. I think they're twins. Two rocks. I think they're two rocks. And he's got family, he's got a wife and kids as well, so he's still doing family time as well. I reckon I reckon swapping out. I know he is. Because he's a nice guy. Uh, Yeah, he's a rock. Clearly you don't spend enough time watching his Instagram feed. Yeah, the rock's a nice guy. Instagram's not real life. It is for the rock. (laughs) Before we get to real life. (laughs) (laughs) Better than real life. Yes. And and he's got tequila out as well. The rock's tequila. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. You don't care about the rock, do you, at all? Really you really don't care about the rock, do you? You just don't know him. And and I don't know. It's the equivalent, watching the rock's Instagram feed and getting motivated is the equivalent of watching Britain's fattest person while munching on a box of celebrations and calling them a fat mess. That's what came to my head first. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I go some roses, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, timey. Oh, timey, yeah. <laughs> You are old timey now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's black magic. Black magic. Oh yeah, black magic, yeah, yeah. And old tree? As Milk tree. Milk tree, yeah. Yeah, yeah Stacey says that to me every time I wear my turtleneck. She's like, baby, bags of milk tree. Yeah. She, yeah. She's, she's like, said, here comes the milk says, tree, man. Here comes the it makes me look thinner, so, so I'm dude, happy. Always Raphael. Yeah. Always Raphael. Um, can I go to something I watch? Maybe. Oh, why not? <laughs> I'll watch. <laughs> I mean, we've only been going for 26 <laughs> minutes. I know. Hey, so. I watched a Deadwood movie. Hey. Hey. Did you watch the TV show? Yes, I did. So you were first in the Deadwood movie? I was first in the yes. Right, I don't know what Deadwood is. Deadwood sounds like it's set in Deadwood, I guess, Indiana. Is it fictional? It's fictional, but there's elements of truth in it. So, like the character that um, Ian McShane plays, Al Swearingen, he was a real person. Uh, well, is this a TV, a film version of a TV program? Yeah. 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 Right. Have, you seen, have you ever seen what Ian McShane looked like when he was young? No. Fuck yes. <laughs> I only just think of him as Lovejoy, but no, he was fucking that. beautiful. Looking boy. So is it the same cast? Same it's cast. Everyone comes back, which is a bit of weird because you think cowboy times. Surely in the ten years, one of the main cast characters would have died in those 10 years yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a gunshot, dysentery, snake bite, snake bite, or all, yeah, 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 all the simple cold. So everybody comes back, it's sort of, it's not, I thought when they try to tie up a lot of stuff, but yeah. like you mentioned earlier on the cover of Mike Serenity, yes. tied up Firefly, yeah, yeah, yeah. this does it, it seems more just like an extended, like, two-parter episode, sort of like, well, as long as it's done right, I can live with that kind of thing. I don't really need a conclusion. I do because the show didn't get a proper conclusion. Ah, okay. So I mean, the show was cut short early. Uh, yeah. So I thought, right, it's taken them ten years. We've got a movie now. Let's just tie up a few loose ends. Nothing big. Just like, let's get some stuff finished off. Let's kind of be happy with the world and 
we want from there. Um, it doesn't really do that with annoyed me a little bit. Also, some of the dialogue is so on the nose that it's like it's cringe lovely. Like you'll basically you know we read out exposition, you're like you couldn't have found any other way to do that, you say it differently than that, even like you're meeting General Munna, who it happens to be, the Indiana Council. Like, like you like to do everything of that, you just need to spell out so much. Talking like no one ever talks to someone they know, ever. You know, but me going like, Colin, have you met Barry? No, Barry? Colin, I mean, you're going to give you like a light photo of who Colin is first of all, and you go, I didn't really know that. You say, Barry is Colin, Colin is Barry. That's quite a short life here, lad. <laughs> not long. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, just a small person. Yeah. Not a lot of women. So in that, you're like, doing American you're like accents. Yes, exactly. Stuart Little of the people wouldn't. Yeah, he has an, an English-esque accent, so it's sort of, it's tainted by, it's set in like 1840, so it's kind of American tinged with Britishness a little bit. He swears better than anyone else in the world does. Which cowboys are swore? What, so. What's swearing like? Yes. What, was the word fuck what, what, in use in the 1800s in progress? Yeah. I'm going to look at this up, I'm going to find out. Okay, you find that out. I know. But, um, it's a good question, well, isn't it? Definitely good, definitely good. And uh, what else have you been watching? That's pretty much it. We'll watch Fleabag and discuss it later on. Yeah. But other than that, it's on to movies at the cinema. Oh! As is the remit of this show. Yes. Um, first one was a documentary, so you won't have seen this, you're never going to watch it. Um, it's called Diego Maradona. Oh, this. Put in a box here. It's all about Diego Maradona, the football player. No. Uh, directed by Acid Caparia, who directed Amy, the one about Amy Winehouse. Um, also Senna, the one about the Ayrton Senna. Yes. yes. Uh, and also in some normal like, sort of fiction films, we've done The Warrior and The Return with Sandra Michelle Geller after a horror what film. The Warrior with Tom Hardy? No, The Warrior was... No, that's The Warriors. Is it? No. Tom Hardy's not in The Warriors, that was oh. Who was in Warriors? Warrior was Tom Hardy, was it's it not? Do, not that Warrior, it's a different one. It's a guy it? from... It's a guy who flies a helicopter in Jurassic World. The rich billionaire. Oh, okay. um, so part of this film is really simple. It's about the life of Diego Maradona, um, but it's focused quite... Rather than these other documents that make basically focus on the whole life of Amy and Senna, okay. this one focuses on a very specific point in time of um, Maradona. Basically between 1984, when he leaves Barcelona Football Club to go and play for Napoli uh, in Italy. Uh, so it covers that time plus two World Cup teams in as well. Was that a poignant moment in his career? Yes, that's the okay. that's where he picked this moment because... Obviously we all know about the World Cup incident. Yeah. Um, so... Yes, this is Nap- Napoli time is sort of when he hit not only his height of success and fame, also his opponent as well. Um, was he not a massive drug addict? This is the yeah, that's, yeah, that's what everybody knows about. Is it? Just kind of. So, Maradona is a guy who, he became like sort of the young Messi, he was like Messi before a Messi, right? He was, next, he was a guy who was going to take over Pelly's throne as the great football of all time. He went to the 1982 World Cup, got terrible performances, played like shit, got sent off against Brazil, which if you're Argentina, you get sent off against Brazil, that's just, that's, you fear to be over. And everyone thought he just wanted a kid who just didn't deliver. He went to Barcelona um, and didn't really make it as well, Barcelona could have done. He got his leg broken um, and they didn't really recover from that. That's that's the prologue of this film, that's like the first five minutes of the movie. Okay. It's the real start of the film when he traded, he gets sold to Napoli in one of the biggest games in the world. He's still this talented, so we can still harness this guy. People in Napoli thought he was a god's gift, this is a guy who will do something for us. Naples at the time was the poorest city in all of Western Europe. Um, and they were basically a bankrupt city, so in order to fight that, they bought Maradona. 
Um, so he walks into the ground, he's like, like a, like a gladiator walking into the Coliseum, they were in love with this guy. Right. He takes Napoli from a place where they're lying bottom of the Serie A, fighting rugby every year, to winning the Serie A title twice. Right. So in that thing, so people in, people in Napoli absolutely go this guy. Argentina, he wins World Cup with Argentina in 1986 when he beats England in the semi-final of God. Also the great goal he wins from the halfway line, wins the final. Uh, in 1990, was the start of the decline. He plays against Italy for Argentina in Naples, but he starts to fires up a tension between the, the northern part of Italy, which is probably very rich, yes. and the southern part of Italy, very, very poor. So he starts to try and almost get some tension between the two. Amp up tension of this. But what the film kind of focuses on is how, when he's sort of very young, even if he first goes to Napoli, there's the trainers are called him saying there is two distinct personalities. There is Diego, who's this guy we all love, we all we think he's a great guy, we'll walk to the end of the earth with Diego, and Diego, the guy you can talk to, chat with, and have a great time with. There is also Maradona, who is this self centered, egotistical fucker who you don't want anything to do with. Over the course of his time in Napoli from the 1984 to about 1991, the Maradona aspect of his personality begins to take hold to the point where, by the end of this film, you're maybe wondering does the Diego personality even exist? Does he even exist? know who he is anymore? He, he does know who he is, but the Diego part of him is now gone. He is just the Maradona part. Yeah. So you get to see the decline of him being you know, the drug addict, the involved with the problem with cats, problem with gangsters. Is this a, a biopic or a documentary? Story? Documentary. Documentary. Right, okay. Okay. Um, but it's, a really, it's really amazing to watch because you get to enjoy him as quite possibly the greatest player ever seen. Like, you know, he is phenomenal. He's, he's only like five foot seven or something. Yeah. Quite a minute of a guy, and he's smashed by these big six foot three like defenders, and he's not going He's not falling. He's just bouncing off him. He's got this, this amazing skill to get around him. And then you see how he falls away from life and he's taken up with all the excess of the business and Is he dead? No, he's still alive. Maybe he's still alive. Yeah. Okay, I the final shots of the film horrendous, but you see him as he is now. And he's this big, massive, bloated man. Does he still hold himself in high revere though? He still thinks he's God's gift. Yeah. You know, but he's, he's quite clearly. He's, he's, he's not. fallen a long way. Yeah. He had a heart attack recently. Um, Happily killed him. He's just a guy who sort of, he's just, he's struggling with who he was, and maybe perhaps his ego, his, if there's people who something can fight back against the ego, Maradona has not fought against the ego, has, the ego's won, and, and that part of his personality is beaten the, the sort of softer, gentler side of, um, of Maradona, but it's a really compelling documentary, even if you're not into football, yeah. you can still totally enjoy it. And I was going to say, when you were finished, I was going to say the exact same thing about Senna. Oh, Senna's exactly the same. If you haven't seen Senna, I think it's on Netflix or yep. Amazon, yep. it's on one of them. I know nobody at this table is a big motor racing fan, but the story about like Maradona, it's the, it's, it's done compelling. in such a way and it's compelling and it's rich. And you end up just getting sucked right into it. And I guess it's even like the Amy Winehouse as well. It's yeah. like you might not be the biggest fan of our music and also our crazy life outside that ultimately killed her, but you end up just getting absorbed into it just by the way it's done. I'm watching Amy, when I watched Got Damon for the first time, in my mind, Amy Winehouse was a, was a junkie with a good voice. That's all I knew about Amy. She was a junkie who happened with a decent singing voice. Yeah. He watched that documentary and it adds so much yeah. personality and character to this girl was. You actually have to go, you feel nothing but sympathy for her at times. Yeah. You also feel like you're an idiot at times yeah. as well. You feel the whole gambit with her who she was. I kind of came away feeling that 
that she was just surrounded with shitty people yes. taking full advantage of her being a celebrity. Yeah. What I think is Maybe it's a little bit like the Amy Winehouse side of things. Maybe like there's just certain moments in her life that could act that could open up another rabbit hole, oh, and yeah. you could make a whole other documentary about it. So to try and keep it straight and narrow oh, and to the point. I think that's to be the Maradona issue. Yeah. It's 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 too long exactly. Yeah. I'm sure we could have easily put another hour on this. Yeah, yeah. You need such an interesting character, and when you watch him, like I said, when you watch him play. He is phenomenal, but there's nothing to compare him to. He is, he's like, he's obviously better Messi. Messi obviously was the big thing in the last 10, 15 years. He has got that voice, but he's, just, he, he's not Messi playing for a great team. He's Messi playing a shit team, but making that team phenomenal just because of the way he plays. Yeah. And it's so amazing what's like, the cameras. I watched a lot of football back in the 90s, and basically, Martin, you see videos from the 80s as well. The view of Italian football is essentially one camera on top of the stand, panning backwards and forwards to watch the game, right? Maradona's manager at the time was very smart and thought, I'm going to make a move this guy. Do. So back in the 80s, he could cameramen follow Maradona around at all times and film from the ground level of the football game. You can no see him really close up. So the guys who made that film basically got access to all that footage. So you get to see this, these games from like, essentially ground level. You yeah. can see it in an angle you've never seen before. It's amazing to watch. It is also probably the only negative film I can think apart from Britain Australia is that when you take 1970s, 1980s footage, in even early 90s footage, and you put it on a massive screen, oh, it's rough. It does look quite spotty. It's a bit. It's, you don't need to be sitting in a cinema to get that unfortunate side effect of right. old footage. Yeah. I notice it even when I'm watching some vintage wrestling that takes me back to my youth. Yeah. Watching it on the telly, you're like, whoa. Yeah. You yep. watch it on the X Files now or something. Yeah, yeah. You can see the grains, yeah. and that's you can notice it. It's not a negative film because I've worked on the footage I've got, there's yes. nothing yeah. wrong with it. But when I was watching it, I was watching a big massive screen at Cinema World, not, not the Super Screen, but no, I think one number seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you, and you know, I like to sit quite close, close, yeah. close to the screen well. You do feel like you're basically watching a video game on an, like an, a, a, a mega drive on an yeah. screen. Yes. Which is it's only a small negative thing to me. A lot of people might not like the fact that it's pretty much all in Italian and Spanish, so it's all subtitled. Okay. Yeah. Because Oh, he speaks Italian, yeah. he speaks Spanish, he speaks Italian. Everyone involved speaks Spanish Italian. I think, I think like, 
if you're into your documentaries and you're watching documentaries, you always, I always get the opinion that people that are right into them, they don't mind subtitles. Your general consumer will probably not pick a Maradona documentary on a on a Wednesday date night. You know what I true. mean? They'll be looking for that Marvel wonder. You yeah, know, that's true. That's true. Out of ten, sir. Yeah. Out of ten. Eight out of ten. Really enjoyed Woo! that documentary. Is this is this on the Richard's top ten movie of the year oh, awards? I don't think so. No, I don't think no. so. No. Maybe not. Maybe not in the top ten of the last month. Maybe. Well, definitely not top one in the month so far, has been quite smart. Really. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you go. Uh, but no, I really enjoy what really well what's been done. Yeah. I really, really thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so next film is Me and Yuki, this one's following. Yeah. It's Men in Black International. Yeah. Oh. Directed by F. Gary Gray, which is a very stupid name. I'm just going to add that right now. Yeah. Um, he directed The Fate of the Furious Friday as well. Uh, Fate of Compton, which I did like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is based on the Men in Black series. It's a fourth one, yeah. 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 Uh, the plot of this one, it's, it's Men in Black, but it's international. It's Men in Black set in London. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to stop, again, aliens taking over the earth. Yes? Yeah, pretty much. In the much. film, you have Chris Hemsworth playing the main H N. You have Tessa Compton playing H. Yeah. No one makes a H M M joke. Yeah. Why? Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah no, Just, just before you dive too deeply into the movie, how do you how do you two feel about the casting change of what? Of Men in Black, are you happy that they've moved away from Will Smith in that? Yeah, you've probably kind of moved the title yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> can we, we discuss? Yeah. Uh, we've also got Liam Neeson being very amazing. Hi, 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 being Neeson. Uh, Emma Thompson. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul, I've talked a lot. What do you think of this one? Um, right, a big fan of the first one. But the first everyone mate, everyone first mate yes. Will Smith has got, he, he's Trump funny in it. Tommy Lee Jones is jumpy as fuck. It just worked. The second one I enjoyed as well. You're an idiot, okay. Boris the Animal's awesome. Come on. Boris the Animal's cool. Third one I enjoyed as well. I like the third one. Yeah, the yeah. Back to the Future. Back with Yeah, goes back in time, stuff like that, yeah. This was terrible. This was just like... I am well, I'm going to agree with you, yes. Do, do you know what is... Will Smith is the magic ingredient in Tom Lee Jones. Not, well, maybe not as so much Tom Lee because he wasn't in the big one, but Will Smith is the ingredient. You need Will Smith in Men in Black. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think the big problem with this one was Chris Hemsworth. He's supposed to be the guy you're supposed to root for the whole film. Yeah, you don't at all. He is not charged with an arrogant, self-indulgent prick. Yeah. And if he played by anyone else in the film, He'd be the bad guy. Yeah. He'd be the, 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 the weasley guy in the office and you'd go, I've got shit bad happens yeah. mm-hmm. And you're supposed to root and you want to root from because he's Chris Hemsworth, he's a star, you're a love star, we love Chris Hemsworth. But I'm back to this Hemsworth, he's, he's a terrible he's a actor. actor. Again, um, he done well in Ghostbusters, he was funny. Yes. But in this, he's not funny and he can't act. He's what trapped the bum, but he can't act. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Tessa Thompson does. Which got. Not funny again, but, but there's no thing is the basic film has been promoted on the chemistry they had in Ragnarok. Ragnarok yeah. Which is totally missing. Which they try and there's lines almost acted straight from Ragnarok yeah. and they just don't have the same spark. Is this like have you ever seen Chris Hemsworth in anything other than Rush? Um, Rush? Was he Rush? Yeah. No, I know he was. Yeah. I've just never seen. I, I, I think it's probably. Oh, a big... apparently, 
Yeah, a lot of people. That's who he is. He, that's he is for, and that's yeah. nobody else who's given anything. But I'm interested, I would be interested to see him in other stuff. He's terrible. He's, 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 can't, can't he's okay, he's playing this playboy charmer, which he can do very well, he is a good looking guy, he can do that. He's in that one part of the ocean, uh, which is not good at all. Terrible. Most of us, I think you can get a pass of but I can do it in most of us. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I think any of them that I'm actually going, oh, I enjoy doing it. I don't, I don't, I don't rate myself. Yeah. He's great as four, but... That's it. Yeah. 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 Um, um, but yeah, there was no. I don't. Maybe, maybe Taiti Waikiki is the, the magic ingredient as well. Do you know what I mean? But there's no chemistry between the two of them yeah. at all. The banter's terrible. The jokes, none land. Oh, no, the I mean, they missed the comedy. or actually comedy. And even yeah. the action scenes. Wow. Yeah. Wow, really done. Yeah. Special effects were dreadful. Yeah. Really, really bad. Some, some of the monsters looked. I don't know. Some of them looked. But do you, so, do you see them in the shell for Toys R Us? You know what I mean? Oh. That's fucking so. That's ropey, ropey CGI, ropey yeah. graphics. Yeah, uh, it's all over the place. Yeah, it's so. What was the point in fucking. I, like, her, in, her introduction was stupid. And that, her introduction and story arc at the end was pretty much a, a Martha, fucking Martha Kent, Martha Wayne moment, do you know what I mean? Tessa Thompson? Yeah, Tessa Thompson, where she meets the monster. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's like, this is how you're turning the clock, do you know what I mean? Like, oh. Also, Rebecca Ferguson, I love Rebecca Ferguson, she's amazing in um, Mission Impossible. Yeah. She's a good actress. She has nothing in this film. In this at all, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, was, I wanted to like it because I don't like Men in Black, but it was just a car, car crash from start to finish, in, in the franchise. I hope so. Yeah. And, and, unless they bring back Will Smith and Tom Lee Jones. Yeah. Ten. Oh, two and a half. I'm four. Are you, you're genius. Is this? Do you feel they're going to give us another one after this? Is this like a warm up? I don't think it's done well enough for box office. I hope not. Yeah, it Okay. So I think I think it'll be very very quickly. How can you get that so wrong with it with the chemistry right. well, between those two? Do you ever think people someone it's not my idea, someone's gonna mention this, right? Can't remember who it was if I maybe I think there's Martin Alden from Batman, maybe I have not This is the fourth Men in Black movie, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Every film has been about what was purely them on air protecting the air from yeah. surely one of these films take it to space. Make them yeah. the aliens in the northern in another world. Yeah, totally. That's, it's obvious. What? Do it's just the same old shit over and over. He, do you know what's really annoying? Is there was a direct reference to Thor in it, the bit with the hammer, yeah. and you were just like, no, no don't, don't, don't. It's don't. funny to talk about film. And I, even then, it was just honestly, it was just. I. It was almost like grown when you seen the jokes. It was almost like you, you know this. It was a groan, it wasn't a laugh or a chuckle, yeah. it was like an inbox, but oh, shut up. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, no. Yeah, it's a shame because it, you know, it is Men in Black, and I have got a fondness for the franchise. The franchise and the comic, I've like, been until now. Yeah, same yeah. here. Um, so, four out of ten for me, two and a half out of ten for you. Average of three out of ten. Average of three out of ten, yeah, not yeah. a good watch. Final film, when I just saw literally an hour ago. Um, is, um, no spoilers, I'm going to see tomorrow. Right, from? Directed by David Jarofsky, who directed a film called The Hive a few years ago. This is sort of his big kind of coming out party. Uh, more importantly, it's directed, it's produced by James Gunn, oh, who, produced, yeah. uh, who also directed Galvin's Galaxy and uh, Slytherin and all that kind of stuff. And it's written by his two brothers as well. Right. So um, 
So I had a kind of very much a slower idea, you know, like the kind of, kind of, uh -huh. okay. uh, The plot of is very simple. It's imagine Superman falls to Earth, but rather than being a guy for good and for right, he's an asshole. Yeah. He's a dick, he, he wants to kill him. Um, That's dead look. Elizabeth Banks from... So is he a, a villain or an anti-hero? He's a villain. Okay. He's a villain. Um, also, David Denham, Jackson E. Dunn plays the, the boy. So, Fine. It seems to be like Elizabeth Banks, and without being a douche about it, being your, your biggest name, seems like a kind of desperate grab. No, I, I generally quite enjoyed this. I don't think, is Banks the material? She's not bad, is it? Yeah, but is she lead material? Not really, this is, this is at heart, it is a, it's a horror film. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's taken the idea of that, you know, it's been more prevalent recently in horror, where things like Freddy, Jason, and even Mike Myers, they're supernatural beings, they're yeah. super villains, super essentially. Yeah. They're not humans who happen to be killers. Yeah. So it's taken that idea, just taking that extra big step to make them into actual super fucking power yeah. entities. Um, so at that point, at the heart, the root is a horror film, and it's, it's got some good gore on it, some good interesting ways of killing people. Um, the kid is certainly creepy, yeah. um, and it moves at a good amount, it's 90 minutes long, it moves at a fucking frantic pace. Good. So the, the tension does build up and it does feel like there is something going on, good. and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's also trying to make a little bit of comment on the whole kind of podcast generation, where it's like, you mentioned the idea of them being an anti-hero. There's a sense right now of like serial killers that became sort of anti-heroes. Yes, I, they're celebrated for... For killing, essentially. Yeah, right? because it's an easy 12-part podcast you can rattle out. Aye, so yeah. it's, it's kind of not purely touch on that, but it's kind of hidden. It's kind of hidden up on that idea of the, <laughs> the anti-hero being the hero. It doesn't push it all the way to the podcast. Yeah. He does some pretty fucking horrendous things in this film. Who's who's the kid who plays him? Jackson Adon. Is he? I don't no. Kind of no. Well, so he's very good, um, and he, he's scary enough in it, and he's creepy enough in it, and he sends he gets a positive sense of he can do something really fucked up in a minute. You do get a few points with the parents going like your kid is totally fucked up. Yes. Do something about this. But there is that whole kind of parental love, you know, how yeah. far you, yeah. you go to protect the child and all yeah. that kind of stuff, and how far you go to protect the love. And you yeah. see that, and you see that in the real world as well, yeah. when like the mum or the parent or whatever of like a serial killer or just a killer in general, they're like, can't they believe they've done yeah. that? It's totally fault, like, yeah. totally blase, and you're like, how did you not see the signs? Alright, that's what we're arranging for, boy. Yeah. Anti-hero though, I've never fully reconciled myself with what that is. Because a lot of people would describe like Golden Caulfield and Catch of the Rye as an anti-hero. He could be. And it's like someone that you're rooting for, even though no. they're an arsehole. I think Golden Caulfield was an anti-hero in the sense that he's fought, he's written, he's not killing anyone or anything. He's just yeah. sort of like he's just sort of against society a little bit. And the most like the Punisher, who's like a, an anti-hero who kills people. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Or like. Yeah, oh, John Wick. Oh, John, I don't think I'm the only one experiencing this, and I only bring this up because I listen to a podcast. Um, oh, here we go. Another podcast, believe it or not, there are <laughs> there. I genuinely cannot believe you're listening to another podcast that's not three beers in a movie. Who is? Who is? Follows on all the social medias. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but basically, it was, a, it was a story about these women, right? A married couple who killed 
themselves and all their six children. And they were described in it as anti-heroes. Right? And I was like, outraged. And I was like, you fucking what? Anti-heroes? Because to me, that's not one. And like, no. anti-hero, I think of someone as like, Someone that is an arsehole, but you're kind of rooting for them. Or at the even same time. someone that murders, but maybe criminals. Like, but a vigilante is an anti hero. Yeah, yes. the next yeah. episode, they'd obviously had some backlash about this because they yes. had to kind of explain yeah. what they meant by yeah. an anti hero. So, is this character an anti hero or is this a straightforward? He's a fucking villain. He's a villain. Yeah. He's killing people left, right, yeah. center. He's not in any way doing it for any noble cause. He's a villain. And it's just, it's more, the film is more about the parents. Either, 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 either sort of acknowledging the fact that their son is a killer, and then it's like the, 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 the sort of it's enjoyable, it's fun, it's very brief, it's very quick, 90 minutes long, you can batter right through it, there's no yeah. top messing around, not messing time. Pretty low budget as well, so it's not like it's over the big special effects shots, it's, it's quite, it's constrained, and I think adds to it to it, rather than just going for a big massive thing for the yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it, I thought it was decent. Is it a Blumhouse production? No. No. No, but it could feel a bit like that. Yeah. It's more, it's got more in with uh-huh. but not quite as schlocky as Slither. Yeah. A bit more kind of, a bit, 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 bit cleaner, a bit sort of more refined. Yeah. Slither was the classic, like, modern day, like, drive-in movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not quite that. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely almost, it is a sort of, like, uh, the antithesis of, of the anti-hero, of the, of the flip side to the Marvel, DC, Avengers type thing. Yes. We need to, because I think we're at saturation point oh, now. We, we, we 100% hero movies. I, I'm a nerd, I love all that shit, but I'm at a point where I'm like, ah. do, do you know what, come on, you just, I don't ah. want to watch any more ah. series and shows, and so it's get, nice they're doing something different. I get burned out with uh, superhero movies years ago, to the point where I was so glad that Deadpool actually had a good note with me, Deadpool, and kind of re- yeah. re-invitalised myself to watch them again, but still... I still struggle to bring myself to watch the Avengers series, yeah. you know. Right, so the battery runs out, so we're saying, I'm going to say right on 7 out of 10. Nice. Good, good. 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 Uh, next week out we have a very interesting double bill. Yeah. Toy Story 4. Yeah. Oh. All excited for Toy Story 4. Ah, yes. And alongside that, Child Play Reboot. I love the fact that these two companies have been bouncing off each yes. other with the advertising. I, like I love it. I'm in for it. Uh, also still out, we've not seen as Rocketman. You know, I'm kind of, I went cold, uh, I went to point out that I don't care if I see it or not anymore. I've heard okay things, okay. Um, not great. But next week's pod will be a special one, because I'm away in Italy. Um, so the time to come back will be um, probably Spider-Man we're talking about as well. Yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about that as well. Why are you going to Italy? Uh, it's just a wedding. Yeah. yeah. So we actually need to address something in the room here, oh. or in the pub, sorry. Oh. Richard, since getting married, have you aged? Where's the hat? I'm like, what? Can I have a hat at work? You know? No. Yeah, but... Should you keep one in your bag? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got a hat in my bag. Everyone has a hat in their bag. I know. I know. Barry, where can you find us? Media Haunt at Three Beers in a Movie. I've been calling. You've been Barry. You've been Lorraine. You've been Richard. And Jill's here too. We have been Silent Jill. Three beers in a movie.